Hello, and welcome back to Conversations with Claire. Today, my guest is one that uh, I'm just overly hyped on, <laughs> like overly hyped on IRL. So her name is Ashley Spencer. Uh, I would serenade you with this, but nobody wants that. So I'm not going to do that. But like the <laughs> she a runner, she a track star. Do you want to do that? I don't. Okay. But if you want to be mm-hmm. my guest. Mm-hmm. Just know that like just hear the song when I say it and be grateful that I didn't serenade you. <laughs> I am bet it would be beautiful. So she is a track star. She is an Olympic 400 meter bronze medalist. Mm-hmm. Casual. Uh, she's also a Nike sprinter slash hurdler. Mm-hmm. Casual. Uh, listen, this one, we're going to let her get a pass on, but she's a UT alum. I am. Sorry. It's, it's okay. Boomer Center. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> she, this is what's okay. So we actually just, uh, I'll get there. We just walked for a bit together and learned some things before we recorded this. And she is a whole vibe. And by that, I mean, she's just fashion inspo Thank but then we unpacked some details about that because yeah. i've been watching and i'm like the way you put things together is inspirational and so creative so i'm almost done we got one more <laughs> and then your intro's over <laughs> last but not least and highly relevant is your literal comedy show <laughs> thanks claire when my dms fill up with four minutes worth of voice memos from <laughs> ashley <laughs> My day's made. <laughs> Go prepare yourself. I get so excited because I know I'm about to laugh hysterically and I have no idea what's coming. Gotta keep you on your toes. Thank you for providing this You're experience. You're welcome, Claire. <laughs> it's who I am. Uh, okay, so off the intro, we're going to just go straight into the how we met. Mm. So we met at Collective. Mm-hmm. You were a member there slash working with some coaches because, you know, you're an athlete. Yep. And I was a brand new coach. Mm. And so our interactions there, I want to hear your version. Is there anything I'm missing there? Because it was relatively like, we. it was always positive, but it was relatively brief. It was. When when I was, it was one day in collective and you walked in and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's a sunflower because you had bright orange hair. You're just like the cutest little ginger. And at the time there was an influx of a lot of different coaches and you know, I was there all the time. So I'm like, who's that? Jay Hill said, oh, this is Claire. She's a new trainer. And it kind of took off from there. I was like, oh, my God, I want to be your friend. And then when we got to speaking, you was just always so excited to see me. And it, I just had so much fun. Even our interactions that were so short, I was just so excited to talk to you. And then followed you on Instagram and found out we had a little bit deeper connection than what we thought. Yeah. 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 And that's what, okay. So, yes. And I came into that space and was, like, just in awe of all of you. Like, I was just like, this is, am I for real here right now? Mm. So so that was my experience from my perspective. We become friends on the internet. And then I think definitely where we like realized there was more connection was when I made a post about recovery and my like being an alcoholic in recovery, mm-hmm. you reached out to me and you were so supportive and just said like, Hey, this is something that, you know, is near and dear to my heart. It is. And I think it's amazing that you're doing that. And so then from there, just like it evolved from, I already knew that you were inspiring. I already knew that your fashion was super fun. I always knew that you were really oh. funny, but Thanks, then it just like went another layer deeper. And yeah. I was like, you really care. I do. And I, you know, there was a lot of experiences that I've had growing up 
and alcohol was a big part of a lot of the experiences that I had. I've had loved ones near and dear to me that battle with alcoholism and I've seen it firsthand. And to see that you have went through that whole process and getting sober, you know, that touched me because it, it gave me hope for the future for the loved ones that are in my life. And you're an inspiration to me to keep going even when, you know, I might be something as minute as I don't want to go to practice. I don't want to go to weights. Um, but I still have that opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. And you live every day of your life with full intention. And I, that inspires me every day to do the same. So your story inspired me to, you know, come on, Ashley, life, life is not as bad as you want it to be. Yeah. You're just being lazy. And that's just how I knew we were going to be. Yeah. We were going to be tight. Girl, get ready for this. And then we're going to get to your backstory. <laughs> this is a, this is, and I'm going to probably butcher it, but it's so good. This is something that I've been thinking on all week mm. um, because I heard it, but you cannot complain about having too much to eat when you asked for a full plate. Yep. That's gold. Right. So it's such a good reminder when life is full, it's like you wanted it that way. Yeah. What is complaining going to do for anybody? Exactly. Anyway. All right. Well, okay. So now I want to go back to <laughs> a bit more of like, how did we get to who you are today? So like, mm. where did we grow up? Mm. What was that like? I grew up in Indiana. I was the youngest of three kids. I have an older brother and I have an older sister. And I was always the odd one out. I was the youngest, the smallest, the, the most awkward. I had glasses that were always broken. New pair of glasses would always be broken somehow. And I just really wanted to have my own place in the sun. My brother and my sister both were superstar athletes. My sister was extremely smart. And and I was smart, but I just did not know what I was going to grow up to be. Um, I started running track my sophomore, no, not my freshman year of high school. Mm. I ran in middle school, but, like, we all ran track in middle school. You know, everybody (laughs) did. I didn't. (laughs) They left the sports off the roster for me. (laughs) Middle school sports was just something we did to give my parents more time to get home. Mm -hmm. And uh, once I started running track in high school and I started winning and my confidence went up, I was bullied growing up, if you can believe that. I I was bullied to the bone growing up. Um, And I really had low self-esteem until probably high school when I started running track. That first race was just scary and my life kind of took off from there. Like the sky was the limit. I, I found an escape running track. Um, my late grandmother is the one who kind of pushed me towards stepping out of my comfort zone and into something that was totally new from what my sister and my brother was doing. And I mean, every day I'm, I'm thankful for the experiences that running track has bring, brought me, not only as a professional athlete, but like as a woman, mm-hmm. being able to grow with who I am and discover the things that I like um, outside of being, you know, the baby sister of the family. Yeah. So you come into high school and shout out Nana. Shout out to Nana. Yeah. So she's who, like, (laughs) did she instill some belief in you? Did you come in and relatively quickly recognize, like, oh, I'm, like, if I apply myself, I could be really good at this. Like, did that organically occur relatively quickly? Like, was she a big role in that? She was. Like, my parents, my parents, first of all, they both was extremely supportive. Yeah. Uh, we didn't grow up with much, but we certainly didn't need anything. Mm. Um, my parents provided things that they couldn't even afford, and we had it. Uh, Christmas was 
I mean, we used to get those JCPenney catalogs growing up, mm-hmm. and we would just sit there and, like, circle things, what we want for Christmas, and mm-hmm. under the tree, all of it was there. So we we didn't grow up with much, but we grew up with what we wanted and what we needed, and I appreciated that. Um, but my Nana was just, she was always my best friend. I went over her house, spent weeks with her over the summer. We played dress-up. She was so fashionable. She would We would play dress-up. Uh, we would bake together. Yeah, that's where I get it from. We would bake together. <laughs> and hey, Nana. yeah, Nana, Nana did a lot. And, uh, you know, she's always like pushing me to, you know, Ashley, who cares what people think? Just go out there, do your best, do what makes you happy. And, you know, you never know what could happen. And I talked to my parents about joining the track team. And I, I mean, my aunt was the coach at high school, so that kind of helped. And I kind of jumped in with two feet. I think what's funny is like, I, okay, so I have notes, of course. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, <laughs> you have such big vision to me when it comes to like what you want to do in sport, what you've already accomplished mm. in sport, and then what you want to do beyond sport. Yeah. And then I view you today as this like confident woman. So it's so cool to, I guess just like we had to get there through that messy process of mm-hmm. like being the kid that was like I don't belong and then and then I don't and maybe this is just I'm just stewing on the idea of like developing a sense of humor it, yeah you know like because I'm like you're yeah. an actual riot <laughs> um and maybe like could that have been something like I wonder for myself even you know if like developing a sense of humor was like something that happened whenever that confidence wasn't there yeah yet, and I, you know? I think I always use jokes as like a defense ne- mechanism at first like if I crack the joke first it can't hurt my feelings yeah because I said it first but then I I came to the realization that I was actually funny if I didn't talk about myself at first um and the sense of humor came from my dad because my dad's really funny okay he's hilarious yeah but uh yeah I, th- I think uh, I think a lot of my development growing up has been influenced heavily with my Nana Mm -hmm. and losing her in 2014 was really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, especially moving to a new city like Austin, but like who doesn't love Austin? Right. Um, Austin has been the city of dreams and heartbreaks for me, but moving there, knowing that my Nana was going to pass was really hard for me. But incidentally, she's the one who encouraged me to make the move. Yeah. She knew that if I wanted to continue to run track and if I wanted to, you know, go further than collegiate track, I needed to be in Texas with my coach. And she just, she just kept feeding life into me, even though life was slipping out of her. Mm. And she, she's always been my, my person. She's always been my person. And her last place she wanted to visit before she passed incidentally was Rio de Janeiro, where I won my first Olympic medal. So everything kind of came, yeah, everything kind of came full circle. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so you would maybe attribute some of the big vision. So so you moved to, when did you move to Austin, like, in your journey as an athlete? Like, are you in, you're, you went there for college. I did. Right. I transferred from the University of Illinois okay. in 2013. So I was in Austin August of 2013. Okay. Mm. And, and then you went to school at UT. Yep. And then you stayed in Austin because I love you how were you said working. It. I went to school at UT. What you, else should it be? You love that school. 
tell I want everybody to know that Claire, she really secretly loves she, like right now she's wearing a UT shirt. <laughs> Closet fan. Listen, I accept I'm in order to keep the rivalry so good, I'm very, very on board with the idea of UT doing phenomenally mm-hmm. until they play Oklahoma. That's true. And then his horns down, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Just He was insufferable on game day. And I was like, oh, we lost. <laughs> oh, hey. But, hey, did you notice that I didn't follow up? Like, I thought I about it. it. I thought about just, like, rubbing it. And I was like, mm, I'm going I'm to let her breathe a little bit. Because if it was me, I would have rubbed it. Uh, yeah. I expected, th- I expected that from you. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm just going to give her a little bit of space. <laughs> this was tough. I grieved. Yeah. I grieved. Uh, while I celebrated. Yeah. <laughs> So it was a great game. It is what it is. You, oh, it was such a good it game. It was such a good game. I hope we run it back. We will. I mean, and then that we win again. But anyway. Yikes. Um, okay. So when did it become, because, you know, so your goal of like, okay, so I'm going to run track in mm-hmm. college. Yeah. It, but now like Olympic is, there's we got to cover some ground yeah. to get from I'm just running and don't get me wrong running track in college is already an incredible accomplishment thank you but this is a different level yeah and so when did you know that that was something you wanted to do and what was that like so in 2012 it was I had just completed my freshman year excuse me of of college and the option of me going to the Olympic trials was on the table and I didn't know anything about the Olympic Games. Like, if I was like, "What is this? What is it? What do you mean?" Yeah. Um. There was talks about me going pro because my freshman year I went undefeated in the 400 flat. Um. I was Big Ten indoor and outdoor champion in the 400, the 200, and the 4x4. I never lost a race. So, 2012, that was the London Olympics. Is actually going to the London Olympics again. I'm new to the 400. My first 400 race was at the Big Ten Championships. Didn't know what I was doing, just wanted to keep my scholarship, right? Mm. So we chose, instead of going to the Olympic Games in 2012, we chose the Junior Olympics, which was in Barcelona, Spain, happening at the same, well, a week before, a week before the trials, um, the USA trials. And that was a whole big controversy within itself. Um, after the Junior World Championships, um, talking to my coach, she told me that the time that I ran to win juniors would have gotten me on the team for the Olympics, this and that. And, you know, at, at the time I was just like, okay. But then it didn't hit me until, you know, I started to realize what the Olympic Games really, really is. Now, I'm new to the sport. Right. There's a lot of people who've been running track for USATF as a junior, as a youth, since they were six, seven years old. This was my first time out of the country at, at 2012, and I was 19. So uh, that's kind of how the Olympic journey started. It started in 2012 when I bypassed the 2012 Olympic trials. And it's a decision that I stand by. It's it's not something that I regret at all Mm -hmm. because I think it contributed to my 2016 success where I won bronze. Um, But it was hard. It was it was hard between 2012 and 2014. 2013, last year, Illinois had to transfer out. My Nana got cancer. 2014 my nana passed i went through a bit of a depression 2015 i was injured and then i started the 2016 my olympic campaign injured so it was it was hard those four years was very very tough Mm -hmm. um for me and went pro in 2015 um which was also tough 
But the Olympic dream was born directly after the 2012 Olympics. Yeah, because mm-hmm. then you were like, I, there's no reason I couldn't get this done. Yeah. Well, and what's crazy to me, too, is this is just my lack of awareness with this sport specifically, to some degree, that, like, you, I mean, the longevity in this sport. Mm-hmm. Because I don't truly know what that looks like. Yeah. So I'm hearing years accumulate. And mm-hmm. years accumulate as an athlete, like, so does wear and tear yep and so i guess my question is just from a perspective of naivety like what is a typical lifespan of an athlete in your sport look like you know and that question has been asked of me for years and the question always changes and that can be attributed to the amount of technology that nike and adidas and Saucony are coming out with when it comes to footwear and the the technology that comes out when it has to do with training and mm-hmm. how to take care of your body and mm-hmm. the research on that and how to properly recover your body and the research on that so the longevity of being an athlete has been pushed back and back and back when I first popped out being 30 as a track athlete was like you're wrapping it up mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but now we see women winning gold medals breaking world records at 34 35 we have men running their last race winning Olympic gold medals winning world gold medals at 40 so the the age is getting pushed it's it's also a matter of how far do you want to push your own body Mm -hmm. how far can do you think you can go um for me I'm gonna push my body to its limit girl we this makes me think of that conversation we had about being what was it wrestling or what were you <laughs> like, yeah, if there's not risk of injury, I don't even want to play. <laughs> I don't because what are we what are we playing at this point? Pet cake? No. Oh if if you can't get hurt doing it, what are we doing? I freaking love you. This is our actually this is us just now stating that we're just going to go into wrestling as like a duo. Cuz like why That's, not? Yeah, we might as well. Yeah. We I think it'd be yin and yang or something. Be great. I think so. Watch out. <laughs> Yo, watch out world. Y'all about to Start lifting weights or something. <laughs> I'll put you up over my head next. Um, okay, so there's there's a big topic that I want to make sure that we get to, but mm-hmm. I also want to make sure that I spend, mm, you know what, I think it'll actually just tie in beautifully. So we're just going to go ahead and, is there anything else along that journey that you want to um, touch on in regards to up to this point? with like sports specifically or you want to kind of go where we know we're going to go we can go where we want to go I mean I I would like to say you know when it comes to being an athlete um and if you're currently an athlete regardless of what level what you play or whatever don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something because of your age Mm -hmm. I feel like that's complete and total bullshit Mm -hmm. I feel like you are capable of way more than what you think you are and to let somebody outside tell you what you're capable of is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So Totally. I mm-hmm. couldn't agree more. And with the CrossFit being the background that I have as far as that's the sport that I'm immersed in. And mind you, I don't compete at that high level because I don't want to deal with that. But I, tr- <laughs> I am so inspired yeah, by it. it. And I work hard. Yeah. But anyway, like, <laughs> they, they, they can do the thing. And I think it's amazing what they do. Amazing. They inspire the hell out of me. Anyway the women are getting older and older. And then also these younger ones are coming in, but it's just cool because uh, you're right with when we take good care of these vessels, we get the opportunity to perform for longer and longer. You know, it's even just like 
just, I mean, the things that women in their 70s and 80s are doing today is phenomenal. So I think you're just so right that it makes me think of even when I think of working with a practitioner, like we have in the past few days, both of us have seen one, you know, man, I'm paying attention (laughs) to what is your quality of life? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the person who just worked on me yesterday just happens to be the national champion in a specific sport right now. Wow. Cause yeah. Cause I'm like, listen, I want your quality. I want you to understand where I'm trying to go. Yeah. Um, and anyway, uh, so being mindful i love that you say that because being mindful of where you receive information from and does it truly resonate with you Mm -hmm. or should you stay in your lane and keep working (laughs) i feel like surround yourself with people that's gonna pour into you Mm because if you're constantly pouring into somebody else you're gonna be empty by the time you're ready to give anything to yourself I have so many questions too about like your day-to-day training and so on but like i also really now, you know what? Yeah, we'll do a couple. We'll do a little bit of the, like, day-to-day training. And then I promise you, we, we have guys. I'm um, just, like, here I am just trailing you along. Like, there's a topic we're going to. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so day-to-day training for you in season. You're in season right now. It just right. began. What does that, like, look like between both, like, day-to-day volume of training and then uh, n- nutrition, sleep, stuff like that? Man, so I'm, I'm very heavily protein-based. Um because that's just what my body naturally likes. So mm-hmm. in the morning, I'll do something very heavy in protein, whether it's like a Kodiak protein, something, some eggs, some bacon, my vitamins, a lot of water, ton of that stuff. And then training, um, I train from anywhere between 9 and 1 or 10 to 2, depending on what, you know, what I'm training, what training looks like for that day. Um, I do a lot of volume right now, so there's nothing specific to sprinting or hurdling. Um, so, like, for instance, today I did five 30-second hard runs with medicine ball in between each run and then a three-minute rest, um, which naturally it's, it's exhausting, but you, you have to push yourself every time you run. So when you say medicine ball in between, what are you doing with the medicine ball? So medicine ball tosses, granny okay. throws over the bag between the legs, um, Slams. So these are explosive movements. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Very much so. And given that you run these distances that are like 400 and so on, then like mm-hmm. being explosive is. I'm telling you, I can't wait. I, I want to come watch you like full out run. We were talking earlier about me going and doing this thing this weekend, this race that's like an hour to an hour and a half in length, whatever. And then I, I'm like, well, there's all these so 1,000s. It's ridiculous. And then uh, she's like, yeah, so if you tell me, like, I was like, it's eight 1,000 meter runs with a bunch of other stuff. And she's like, if you tell me we have to run more than two, I have a problem. And I'm like, yeah, and also I have never seen the speeds (laughs) at which you run. So if we were to ever try to introduce me to something anywhere near that, I cannot even fathom what that, like, I, I don't even know... Anyway, I'm trying to see you run is what I'm saying. <laughs> you'll, I'm try- I'm trying to you'll watch have you run. so many opportunities this <laughs> season, I promise. I'm trying to see that. Okay. Okay, so it's not – it's decent volume right now. Yeah. A lot of volume yep. and a lot of weights. So I'm I'm building a lot of – a lot of my base that's going to carry me through the indoor season. What's your favorite resistance training stuff that you're doing right now? My favorite resistance – Oh, like man. what's your favorite movement implement god that is a hard one do right. you like resistance training or you're like oh, i just gotta do it i mean resistance tra- it is, i know it's necessary 
I think something's wrong with me. I, I like it too much. It's something, yeah. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like it. I know why it's there. I know why it's necessary, but I will never ask for resistance training. Got it. Um, but we did do resistance training on Thursday. We mm-hmm. did do that. I did um, some, I think it was like 40 meter drives with, it was pretty, it wasn't too much resistance, but it was enough to get the legs burning. You're talking sleds? Yeah, well, not a sled. It oh. was like a 1080. But if I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like mm-hmm. a 1080 machine. It's like a machine that it's either it'll pull you or you pull it. So if I'm strapped to it, it and it's behind me, yep. then it is resistance. Mm-hmm. And then if I spin it this way, it'll pull me at a speed and then I'll take it off and try to hold that speed. It's, mm. it's over speed. You're right. I don't like that one. But the resistance one is cool. But as far as my favorite movement, I will always love cleans. Ooh. I will all, I'm a power clean girly. Oh. Through and through. Love that. I love the trap bar. So I love trap bar deadlifts. Mm-hmm. Love that too. Mm-hmm. I hate anything with upper body. Okay. I hate bench. I hate pull-ups. I'll do it. Obviously, I'll do it. But like, yeah. hate it. Don't like it. Zero out of ten. I recommend it for everybody. But I, me personally, I like the explosiveness. Yeah. And then there's a new one that we just learned. Man, what is it? Oh, the the safety bar squat. Yeah, yeah. That. Uh huh. Love it. Yeah. It's hard. Mm-hmm. But that's why I love it. Okay. Yeah, I want to. I I got to see you guys train a little bit when you were in Austin, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of just annoyed that I don't get to see it anymore because I'm like I want to watch. Sorry, I'm such a weirdo. <laughs> I love watching people train. I like to look and be like, why are you moving that way? What are you doing? <laughs> like, like, like you genuine doing? curiosity. Yeah, and the fact that you love power clean nut checks because you it's explosive. Yeah, but also I just like love that that's incorporated in your training because yeah. that's a that's a technical lift. You, you know, need it. It's great. Because you the the position that you are and the motions that you do in power cleans and hand cleans is going to help you come out the blocks. And I need to be you need to be as explosive as you can. Out the Listen, blocks. if you need a power clean partner next time you're in Austin, you just holler. You I know who I'll to call. Do it. I'll do it with you. I know who to call. I do love that. Yeah. Have you ever done a snatch? Yes, snatches are the bane of my existence. Some years I am excellent in snatches, right? Other years. It looks like I've never snatched a thing in my life. Like, the only thing I've snatched is, like, my keys off the counter. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. It's a very technical. Like, that one's, like, I always say that that's my favorite lift from the perspective of beauty. Yeah. When executed well, it's, like, that's beautiful. Yeah. But then if we're talking, like, what I think that anyway whatever okay <laughs> okay that's that's fun to know that those things are incorporated in your training because it's just yet again it's just some stuff that i don't even know anything about mm-hmm. so nutrition wise protein heavy protein heavy we sleep well we sleep hard okay i'm a rock please <laughs> don't wake me up but yeah I, I sleep i sleep really well um very heavy into right now greens of choice is arugula and brussels sprouts okay want it with every meal mm. don't know what that's about love it yeah we can get those after this you know please <laughs> um i did i did i do uh juice cleanses probably once a month okay just to mostly after my cycle just to balance things right on back out like a 24-hour situation Mm-hmm. okay yeah i tried the three-day um i don't know i was irrational i like carbs so much listen don't i screamed at my mom for answering the phone too fast not doing the three day again. Don't put anyone else through that. Yeah. 
So, but the juice cleanses, I'm into that. Okay. Um, I don't eat out that often. Yeah. I cook my own food. I avoid fried foods, that sort of thing. It's not anything like strict. Like I'm not on a keto or a paleo type of diet, but yeah, I'm very uh, heavy with being able to make my own food. Yeah. Well, knowing what the ingredients are, that's funny. Someone yeah. was just like trying to make a dinner reservation recently and was asking like my input on it. And I was like, I just like to be able to know what I'm eating, you know, like right. it's pretty much is like what's, what is in this food? Right. Could I make this at home mm-hmm. and understand it? Okay. <laughs> so we're going to take a turn. Uh Oh, are you ready? I'm so ready. All right. So I'm going to say this from my perspective and then we're just going to go. So mm, what do you think? A few weeks ago, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. I we we have a tendency to like I said send minute long voice memos on repeat on Instagram to one another uh, because we're actually best friends guys um, clearly yeah it's the only <laughs> option and I receive a voice memo from you and you shared something with me that had happened that day that I can't ever pretend to understand and then also I'm just still so confused, but I understand it's real. Like you tell me the story and I go, what? And then I recognize that's not the craziest thing. Yeah. So do you want to, I think maybe you just tell what happened. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Cause you were actually there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, there. let's go. Yeah. You tell what actually happened. So, uh, here in Fort Worth, uh, there's a lot of rural parts in Fort Worth. We're in the middle of a lot of ranches, a lot of country. And where I was training at the time, there's a big hill. And the hill sits right next to a strip of road. And it's 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 kind of like a frontage road. So there's there's a lot of heavy traffic that comes through there. And on this specific day, I'm, you know, in my own element, training, doing hills or whatever. And as a car was driving past, the driver rolls down the window and screams out, the insular towards me and pulls off. Now, mind you, I'm bothering no one. I'm inside an enclosed space, a fence. And because of the color of my skin and apparently me just existing bothered him so much that he had to spew hate towards me. And unfortunately, this is not the first time that I've been called the insular with the hard R, it's, it's not. Um, but as a black woman who lives in Texas, I do know that these things happen and it's very unfortunate. It, it kind of, it, it bothered me because here I am, I'm an Olympian. I'm a U.S. Olympian. I brought home an Olympic bronze medal for my country, for people like you, for people like me, for people that I will never, ever meet. Um, and I represent my country proud and that person did not know anything about me, not, doesn't know anything about what I do, who I am as a person, who I am as a woman, um, and hates me that much, all because of something that I can't change, the color of my skin. And it was heartbreaking because that morning I had just had a conversation with my mom about making this Olympic team and the feeling that I got when I crossed the finish line and I saw that there was two USA women, one Muslim, one American, like, you know, we're both American, but one Muslim, first Muslim woman to win a gold. And then here I am winning a, a medal and it's not enough. 
because you can hate me just by looking at me because of something I can't change. And it was, it was, yeah, it was something. How does, how does that make you feel? And numb, to be honest. I, I don't know whether to be angry or sad, confused. It's like all of it, you just feel everything all at once. And then you feel, you feel nothing. Because I, I have to be confident that the woman that I am is somebody who you would want to be around. Um, how I carry myself, mm-hmm. how I speak to people, how I spread joy and laughter. Like you, you've known me for for mm-hmm. some time, and I and I feel like we've been friends for for years. Mm-hmm. And to experience something like that, just minding my business, mm-hmm. it's you feel everything all at once, and then nothing, and you're left with nothing, like. I can't even ask you, why did you do that? What about me do you hate? Do you know who I am? Do you know I represent you? And what I do is for you. And it took me a minute. Like, it's it's fine. It took me a minute to uh, get my bearings back and continue with my training. And then I think that's the worst thing is that we we will go through things like that. And uh, thank you. We will go through things like that. And we have to keep continuing with what we're doing. Our life has to move on. We can't dwell in it. And the scariest thing that we, you know, me as a black woman that I have to the thought I have to move past the thought of. I can sit and dwell on it, but dwelling on it is only preparing me to wait for it to happen again. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, this ain't going to be the last time that this happens to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it hurt. Yeah, it did. I think um, for me, this is such a tough conversation to have and I'm so grateful to have it because I cannot come from a place of understanding on an intimate level as like you and I spoke about this you know on our walk and and just how having grown up in America as a Caucasian woman whatever I like being a minority in the place that I live is not something that I have ever experienced Mm -hmm. and although I have tremendous gratitude for the fact that I grew up in a household where like we just didn't really like see or acknowledge any sort of like difference based on appearance um either way obviously just because that was my experience doesn't mean that that's normal and so then for me to try to hold space and all I know to do and through that conversation right is to say from my perspective you're amazing and I love you and what you're doing is amazing and then to know that like I, I guess I just I try to think through um how like how does this impact you and to know that it makes you feel a lot and then feel empty. And it makes me think of this intrinsic, extrinsic validation situation where I, I think that I don't know any 
anybody that I'm aware of that doesn't want others approval. Now being able to approve of ourselves and take actions that are esteemable by our own belief is incredibly empowering. The idea that you're representing a nation that people that live within the nation are still spewing hate at you. I cannot pretend to understand. And it of course pisses me off. Uh, and I don't know what to call it. I don't know what to call it. Um, bigotry. It, it has to be. It, I think it's, you know, a lot of people are just so stuck in their own ways. They're so stuck in their own beliefs and branching outside of that is a hard pill to swallow when you when, when you have so much hate in your heart and you don't know what to do with it other than what you're already taught. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a heavy burden. It is. Okay, so I remember that day. I I looked up the term bigot. A person who is obstinately or unreasonably attached to a belief, opinion, or faction, especially one who is prejudiced against or antagonistic toward a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular group. So this is your specific experience with bigotry. Yeah. And I think there's so much bigotry going on for so many different reasons in our world. And look at where, like, it just, it makes me mad. I know. Right. Because it's like, what the hell are we doing? Like, what? And if you're so mad, why don't you recognize that you're pissed off at yourself, not everybody else? And then take some esteemable action. Like, I I, I guess my point is I'm always trying to figure out how on earth can we make this productive? Hmm. You know, so then I think, I think, how does it make you feel? And then I think, how does it impact you today? It's, it's, it's horrible. I mean, I travel to different countries for my job. I've mm-hmm. been to 22 different countries in, over the course of 2015 to today. Okay, that's cool. It is cool. That's so cool. Okay. Um, and in a lot of different countries, like, obviously there's racism and we recognize that. We got our own racism here. So, you know, we know how to deal with that. But a lot of the countries are just curious. Um, there's this small little city in uh, Hungary called Cheskes Fehevar. It's right outside of Budapest. Okay. And the first time I went there, and it's predominantly white. And the first time I went there, they were so curious because they're not used to seeing people of color. And not just black Americans. We're talking Jamaicans. We're talking Cubans. We're talking different types of people of color from around the world coming to this small little city for a track meet and it's sheer curiosity and it's like I was followed and I'm like am I doing something wrong Mm -hmm. I'm like where are you from you're so pretty like we've never seen somebody like you before are you black are you American are you Jamaican like you know same and then you know you're on the separate side of the spectrum when you go to like places like Monaco where there's a whole history when it comes to women of color in Monaco. Mm-hmm. And if y'all don't know that history, like, look it up. It's very interesting with the, um, the Prince of Monaco. I don't know. Now I'm going to look it up. <laughs> you got to look it up. Yeah. You got to spoil it. You got to look it up. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow because, you know, we have our own experiences here. And the racism we experience here is hate. And the prejudice we experience here stems from hate. The bigotry we experience here is stemmed from hate, but there's parts of the country that uplifts and welcomes us and is are genuinely curious about us. So it's it's hard to, to navigate because here it's heartbreaking. 
and I'm going somewhere else, different part of the world, representing here, and I'm being accepted. Mm. And it's like, why can't that be my experience here at home? You know, it, I don't know. It makes me think of um, just how media is fed to us today in these, you know, the, the narrative of hate is so fed out. And I just think, like, what are what are we buying into? Mm. It's just it's just heavy and it's and it's confusing because I always think I guess I could just come back to like like I don't want to play your game you yeah. know whatever the 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 narrative is that's out there that tells us I just and see this is what's crazy to me too because of course like so internet trolls right that yeah. might be something that I would have a little bit more experience with barely but I certainly <laughs> know a lot of people who have a lot of experience with it today I'm right it's a, a very lot real thing yeah and so that's something that I look at and but the difference there is is that for the most part these people who are experiencing internet trolls like they're when they walk around in day-to-day -day life like people are not treating them the way that they're treating them on the internet so there's oh. a separate separation from reality yep so then I feel it's easier to detach from the trolls because it's like they don't even exist in real life yeah you know or at least this it's is always different. Some, it's always some behind some fake page. But some this is different page. because this was a real human mm -hmm. from a distance who drove by mm -hmm. in their car and made a statement and didn't have to engage with you and At hear all. you speak and yeah. determine that they actually liked you. Because I don't know that people ever meet you and decide that they don't. And if they do, that's not my problem. I mean, um, why? <laughs> <laughs> but like... I guess that's just, that's the baffling part to me because I feel like once you can sit down and have a real conversation with a human, you can typically come to a place of understanding that this is another human. Yeah. And so is it because, is that person really just living inside their internet world? I mean, I, I, I just can't, my brain cannot seem to know what to do with it. And it's weird. Like there's, there's racism all over the world mm -hmm. and we know we recognize that. But when I, you know, you would think that the racism that's in your face would be presented to you somewhere outside of where you, your Live homestead, train. you know what I mean? But the only racist incidences that has happened to me has been here at home. I've, I mean, and maybe that's just the nature of the beast. I don't know, but I can't change the color of my skin. Well, yes, Which I is can. beautiful. Thank You're you. Beautiful. I can. I, I like to get darker in the summer. So, you oh, know, get, get into all this melanin, mm -hmm. you know. But I, I can't change who I am as a woman. And I can't even change your mind about me. If you see me and you decide that you hate me just because I'm dark skin and loud, that's fine. But what I can only hope is that somewhere down the line you change your heart and you open it to be more inclusive and, and willing to get to know the people who surround you because you just never know who you can rub shoulders with. You never right. know how somebody can absolutely change your life, your perspective, your path. It doesn't matter. Yep. You've had experiences where you ain't know what she was going to do. Mm -hmm. And then you met that one person and it changed the course of your life for the better or for the worse. And it's all about growth. You know, you roll with the punches. So moving forward, it's like, again, unfortunately, this isn't the first time I've experienced racism. It's probably not going to be the last time I experienced racism, but as I learn and grow, 
I know that I can't change people. I can just pray for them and hope that it doesn't harden their heart enough to not be more willing to be accepting of who's around them. Yeah. I love your perspective on that uh, because I do feel like, like we, like reality is where we live, right? Yeah. And so I have to practice acceptance of that, even if it isn't okay. Yeah. So this is just such a hard topic, right? Because I'm like, but I'm not down for the practice of acceptance of that. And yet this is current reality that somehow something like this could even occur. Yeah. I love your disposition of going, you know what? I can just pray for this individual. You can't, you, you, you cannot change somebody who doesn't want to be changed. Sure. You can't want more for somebody who don't want more for themselves. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a global issue. Yeah. Well, then I guess the only thing I can say is that like, I find diversity to be really, really wonderful. And I will say that as I've continued to exit an echo chamber, um, <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, I don't know that I was ever tremendously in one, but today, like, like through the course of growth, and you can probably identify with this, that as yeah. we continue to age, we find that like, the more I can exist in rooms with individuals that have different perspectives than I do, the more opportunity I get to grow. And if I can just remain curious, and I don't even have to agree, but if I can remain curious. You never know what you could learn. You never know. So, like, remember when we were talking about you have mixed nephews. Yeah. And I have mixed nephews. Yeah. And I'm on the black side of the mixedness, right? Yeah. That's, that's where I stand. I can't hide it, and I can't scrub it off to the man who called me the hard and er i can't do nothing about it sir i'm sorry anyway so i've always been curious when it comes to like the mix and mingling of mixed families i've always been curious on the opposite perspective because yeah. you know i my nephew's mother and she's just like you she's a yeah. ginger she's bubbly she, <laughs> she she's not a gym girly but i love you nicole she she is an amazing mom and her family are such amazing people and their whole family is blended. When I also, I've always wondered, like, you know, we've accepted that side of the family in our family. No one can tell me any different that Nicole and I aren't blood related and I will, it's done and sealed. But what was it like? Look at me interviewing you. No, I podcast. love it. We talked about that. I like, we yeah. talked about this. <laughs> what was it like with your family bringing home or bringing in you know the black side mm -hmm. of your nephews yeah well so I have tremendous gratitude for like I mentioned the fact that my family like was just kind of blind to things but then it's interesting because blind to things mm -hmm. okay so when I engage with a person I've never met before uh your demeanor how you're behaving is going to dictate how we're going from yeah here, right and so not coloration whatever right uh so and that's what i was taught and i'm very grateful for that that being said so then yes i have mixed nephews and little simple things like yes that is a shirt <laughs> so cute <laughs> okay so little simple things like holidays come around mm -hmm. and we recognize that every santa claus we have is white and my nephews are not just white. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe we want them to be able to identify with. And, and yet again, I'm not claiming to come from a place of knowing the perfect way to deal with anything at all. Uh, but I think this is really cool. Yeah. Because the point of this is, is my family has now had to adjust from a place of not just, well, we just don't see, to we've had to become more aware. Yeah. Because I do have two nephews. They are male and they have more melanin. Yeah. And so as a result, we have to think about the fact that that their lives are just different than mine mm-hmm. and that they could be perceived differently than I've been perceived because I live as the majority mm-hmm. and they don't. And um, so it is quite interesting because for us, it's like, yeah, well, we just like, we just love you. Like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. that's my sister's kids. Like, yeah. we like... What's not to... They're freaking cute. Right. I will show you pictures after this. Please. Uh, anyway, not that you asked for it, but uh, they're <laughs> <What>? great. <laughs> so, like, they're wonderful, but yet yeah, then it, it did make us open our eyes a bit more mm-hmm. to, like, simple things like that. And yet again, I can't say that I'm speaking from any, like, right place other than we just incorporated more diversity into uh, simple simple things like, like holiday fixtures, you know, and just, like... <laughs> I guess just the awareness of, you know, yeah. knowing that, that, that they're going to have to be coached up maybe a bit differently. But mm-hmm. so, so the coaching up for me exists like, Hey, uh, so you could be a target for X, Y, Z, right. Yeah. As a Caucasian female, whatever, uh, you might, you know, you'll be a target for those things. The conversation for them is very different yeah. because whereas I might be a target, they might be a perceived threat that isn't a threat. Yeah. And that's the that's the conversations that I have with my nephews all the time. Like you you're mixed race. Everybody knows who you are. Most popular kids in their school. They talk too much, but they are popular and <laughs> they got the Jordans and they're such cool boys. Mm-hmm. Both smart, very athletic. But you they recognize at an early age that, you know, you don't necessarily fit over here. You don't necessarily fit over here. You're kind of right here. But the people are going to perceive you as black males. You are, in some eyes, you're going to be a threat. You're going to be a problem. And even if you're not a threat or a problem, you might become a threat or a problem. And, again, that's just the reality of being, you know, who we are. But I think what's so beautiful about my nephews and probably your nephews too is that they have embraced both sides of their family yeah and they walk their own path and how they're perceived will never be something that will hold them back or something that would they would have to bow down to like if you perceive me as a threat I guess I am that sort of thing yeah and that's always been something that I was concerned of because like my older brother was a problem child and there's a lot of him in my nephews, but just because your dad was a problem child does not mean you have to be mm-hmm. just because you're perceived or could be perceived as a threat does not mean you have to be that like you, you, you be your own person. Well, I mean, and certainly it's crazy because we talk about this. And so it's just, it's good to shed light on the reality that like somehow this is still a thing. Yeah. Which like, what the f- are y'all doing? <laughs> Anyway, but you haven't let that deter you Mm-mm. from having this big vision nope. where you do have these lofty goals and you're willing to do these things anyway. And then what you 
got to share with me on our walk and I don't know how much you want to share but like what your your bigger I mean you've got some like things that you want to accomplish that are big dreams like big big huge and cool there's some stuff I didn't even share with you that are huge giant mungus would you like for me to share yeah, I'm like I like okay are you down to talk about the whole of course. Um, thing you talked about as far as fashion goes yeah okay that was so cool thank you so but maybe should we before we go there I just is there anything else on that as far as uh you know is there anything you would like to tell people in regards to that or do you feel like we sufficiently covered it you know I I think that any conversation when it has to do with race whether it's racism blended families whatever is a heavy heavy topic but in order to have comfortable meaningful relationships with with your community and with the people that surround you, you have to have these uncomfortable conversations. And I encourage everybody to do so. Mm -hmm. I think that it's very important that as a society, we continue to learn and grow with one another and for one another, because mm -hmm. all we got is each other. Yep. So not to be a Pinterest board, but it's the truth. No. Well, and, and it also does just make me think of the fact that I was just having a conversation yesterday with someone. And this was more on the side of like, talking about any sort of future potential romantic whatever and like that so it was it was a fun conversation to have with this individual and I was like I just they were like asking about types or things like that right and I'm yeah. like it's all just a skin suit to me like yeah. what's on the inside like couldn't be bothered about a variety of different things like of course like somebody caring for their health that's a priority for me because I care tremendously about my health so like you care, you know so I, you have to take care of that skin, <laughs> skin, skin suit in that way right yeah but outside of that like I don't care the shape of your whatever. It's not my problem. The you know, shape like, of I mean, your like, whatever. Like your, I don't know, your ears, your nose, <laughs> your, I don't know, your eyebrows, whatever. Yeah. Like if you're a stellar person, we Gucci. Yeah. You know? So the idea that this whole coloration thing even comes in, it's just. Um, Do you have a type clear? Other than care for themselves? No. Mm -hmm. Literally no. 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 Not like height, not nothing like we got nothing wow. other than the one thing I can identify that's a consistent thing over the past handful of years is simply do you prioritize your health and I get now that. spirituality is definitely yeah. in the conversation that's a thing for sure yeah but other than that no like no looks wow. wise I ain't got shit yeah <laughs> what about you I'm very picky I'm sorry y'all I'm so I am I like I like you know I, I just I I like athletes and I don't I say that and I hesitate to say that because it sounds so one track minded and biased because that, and that's all I only say it because that's what I was told. But I I I've only had successful and by successful, I mean, like, how successful can it be? I'm single, but I've only had successful relationships with athletes. OK, wait, why athletes? Because in my experience, you know me, I have dated every type of, of, of person, mm -hmm. right? But in my experience, the most stress-free when it comes to a day-to-day, -day, like why I'm going to sleep at 8 o'clock on a Friday, why am I drinking a gallon of water and I can't have a glass of wine until I finish this gallon, that, that sort of thing, those minute details that mm -hmm. I have for myself as an athlete mm -hmm. has never been questioned or challenged by another athlete. Gotcha. My whole lifestyle 
has been questioned and challenged by non-athletes. That, make, that makes perfect sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I guess from there, it's I all of a sudden through you explaining that, I'm like, oh, I am an actually, I'm an athlete today. You are an athlete. Like I like have to, oh yeah, like that checks. And then I guess that that would be the health thing. So it's yeah. kind of the same. It's the same. Mm. You like athletes. You're a CrossFit athlete. That means well, you're slightly well, unhinged. Yeah. We're <laughs> okay okay so the big vision fashion so pose i moving to dallas how do i want to start this <sighs> moving to dallas my my sense of style has bloomed it has just came out of me like a firework so my my passion project of what i eventually want to do is i want to eventually curate um a look a whole campaign for nike um and then hopefully I can get so good in curating looks that Nike is invited to like really big high fashion um, events. Uh, I, I, for whatever reason, I see Nike athletics being presented at the Met Gala. Mm. I honestly see that Nike could be worn and, and, you know, designed in such a way that it's still athleisure, but it's high fashion. Mm -hmm. And that's just something that kind of bloomed out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, I don't mind saying it out loud because I just feel like a lot of people is going to hear it and be like, but Nike is tights and sports bras. Like I'm wearing all Nike right now, like from head to toe. This is Nike. We, these sport mode shoes she has on. Oh, they're like little baby cry. I cannot. They're the, they're so cute. Like I want some. You want some? I got you. Yeah. Can I get some of these? Yeah, of course. Anyway. <laughs> She's always a vibe. She's always a vibe. Bottom line, always a vibe. I'm serious. Just yeah. send me your size. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll send you some colors. But yeah, you know, I I just feel like I feel like when it comes when it comes to fashion, um, a lot of people look at athleisure stuff as just something to throw on and go to Trader Joe's and whatever, work out in and, and that's great and everything. But Nike has done a lot of, a lot of high fashion collaborations mm -hmm. and the fact that it hasn't blossomed into Nike being couture or at least a designer designing something under Nike as couture is just I feel like it's stifling and I would hate for another shoe company to do it first like yeah. Rihanna with Adidas do you love you or love Puma. Nike I do I love I love Nike my uncle was a Nike athlete when he was a professional high jumper um Nike signed me in 2015 and mm -hmm. I do I love Nike it's been yeah. a part of me for their vibe they are the University of Illinois was Nike the University of Texas was Nike what's OU Nike no yeah Ugh. Jordan wow <laughs> <sighs> I know we just keep getting God, better OU is just a vibe. I know. I get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I say that. I'm from there. I know we're a mess. Man. <laughs> but I love it. Then boomer sooners, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have no chill. <laughs> uh, okay. So, and did you go to school for fashion? No. Okay. So that was something that you had like considered earlier years. And then, because it's something you've always been interested in. I guess yeah. it just, I, I, I love watching, getting to see, and I need you to do more of it. So this is my formal request for more, at least like I need to see it. What the get ready with me's? Do the get ready's with me's. Do the I like just one this the photo morning. carousel. Yeah. I don't care how it gets out there. I just need to see it. You're you got it. And like because the things that you put together, I'm like, hold up, what? Mm. It's inspiring, and I love. I do view clothing as a form of expression. Yeah, that is so freaking fun. And so as much as I live in a lot of the same stuff all the time in the gym, uh, I 
love seeing it and occasionally love to dabble into it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just the more the merrier, please. I saw, I got you. I saw somewhere that someone said, um, you'll never get a second chance to make a first impression. Mm -hmm. So that has always resonated in me. And then someone said a little, something a little bit more morbid. They said, imagine you die today and what you're wearing is your ghost outfit. So now I never leave the house without a fit on. Oh my gosh, yeah. This makes sense with all the accessories that you have yeah. going on right now. And I came from getting treatment. <laughs> yeah, you came straight from, what, Cairo? What was it? I got some rehab stuff, some needles. Oh man. All that good stuff. I love the the necklaces that you're wearing. Thank you. Yeah. My Olympic chain. and I, I got into this new thing where none of my earrings match. So I'm all my earrings are mismatched. Yeah. Oh, I didn't speak into the mic. All my earrings are mismatched. <laughs> I talked to her about it before. I'm like, speak into the microphone. <laughs> I forgot just okay. now. Okay. So let me ask you a couple of things. Let's round this out. All right. So I want to know, first things first, what is something that you feel that you are doing well mm -hmm. that you would like to do more of or do better? Um, couple things, actually. I think that I'm dressing very well. Mm. I think that, you know, I, I, I don't want to say... That I'm the best dress out here, but damn it, I'm making people look twice. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. I, <laughs> I want to do more of that. I want to do more Get Ready With Me's. Yeah. Um, and I think I want to focus on taking stuff that you can get. I can get Nike, just real basic stuff and like elevating it. Totally. So like my outfit that I wore when I was in, I think it was Detroit, when I had the jeans, the corset, the Jordan top. Vibe. Yeah that type of thing okay whatever i can do to encourage you to do this just do more <laughs> i yes. got you yes please you no know, i you know okay that was a good one okay is that yeah. it um and i want to do I, I i think i'm doing better with my my inner talk i am the biggest critic of myself when i don't do something right i am automatically the worst athlete the worst person i suck you that olympic dream is going to die like you know what i mean mm. but i have done so much work over this off year in changing how i speak to myself mm -hmm. being more kind more patient with myself i'm a 30 year old professional track and field athlete my career isn't over but it will be if i don't take heed of no one's telling me i can't mm -hmm. other than myself mm -hmm. no one's screaming at me you need to stop other than myself and I want to continue with being more kind to myself and fall back in love with my body and take care of my body so it can continue to take care of me. Okay. I can support that. Big, big fan of that. Thanks. And cooking. Oh, okay. I'm doing great with cooking. Oh, okay. So we should just, we should have just gone to your place is what you're saying. I should have just cooked something. That's all right. That's all right. Put some short ribs in the oven or something. Next oh. time. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, I'll come back up. It's not that it's not that far of a drive. <laughs> Cook for me. I'll come back up. Okay. Uh, what is something that you are currently doing that you would like to do less of? What am I currently doing that I want to do less of? Um, I I would say overthinking. My my circumstances has changed so much in the past eighteen months. Yeah. Um, that I'm I'm not really good with a lot of big change. Um, I don't do well in a lot of big change because of my overthinking. And I, I want to stop overthinking every situation that I come into as this is what's going to break me. This is what's going to, you know, set me back. So I'm working on that. Okay. I love that. And then what that makes me think of is 
in situations I walk into and they're not what I expected them to be mm-hmm. or whatever, when that happens, uh, I stop myself and I tell myself, this is exactly what it should be. Yeah. Like always, whatever it is, it is exactly what it should be. And so that kind of like mantra for me works well. And it's really hard for me whenever I'm the one running the thing, my expectation, like I want it to be just the biggest blowout ever because I want everybody to be so impressed and have such a great time. And then I, and then I have to remember like, no, this is exactly what it should be, you know, or it's a lot easier for me to apply that to something that I'm just showing up to as a supporter of. And it's a lot harder when I'm the one running it, but I try still in both situations to go, no, this is exactly what it should be. Yeah. And so anyway, I don't know if that's useful, but it is. Um, I saw on TikTok that someone said, anytime you, you feel yourself about to give you some type of hate, like if you feel yourself about to say to yourself, you can't do this, you flip it and be like, I can do it. And what's my next thought? And it instantly shuts your mind up. Cause mm-hmm. like you can't think of your next thought if you're not thinking of your current thoughts. Does that make sense? Mm, kind of a little bit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> It made sense when she said it. I think it's cool. We, we have a tendency to like both be here and be in the future and be in the past somehow all at the same time. All at the same We're time. We're busy. We're everywhere. Yeah. I'm a fairy. <laughs> I'm a rainbow unicorn. Um, <laughs> put my rainbow unicorn glasses back yeah, on. Yeah, put them back on. Okay, I've got it. All right, so uh, what are... I'm literally putting these on right now. You have to. I don't know why you took... When did you take them off? I'm sorry. Mistakes were made. I need to know three things that you're grateful for today. Three things that I'm grateful for. I am grateful for my faith. I am grateful for my family. And I am grateful that you put these unicorn glasses back on your face. Fair. That's a good thing to be grateful for. Y'all, is it literally the cutest thing ever. <laughs> Do unicorns neigh? Do they neigh? I don't know. They have to neigh like magically. Or whinny, I don't know. But it has to be magical. Oh. Oh. Like how do you how do you whine magically? Winnie. Is it Winnie? I think it's Winnie. Okay, how do you win magically? I mean I do that every day. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Whatever sound you make when you win. Yep. That's what a unicorn sounds oh, like. Oh, I'm going to pull up videos of earlier today then and be like, this is, so this is funny. I was doing some, oh, okay, we'll go with my three gratitudes and I'll work this in because I got, I got to say mine. So yeah, my three yours. gratitudes, number one is going to be, I got to go to a boxing gym and get coached and I've never been to a boxing gym and experienced that before. And so shout out to Archetype in Austin, Texas. Ooh. They were wonderful. They're just good people. Uh, and it was such a good experience. And so the videos I'm talking about is because like, I, I think it's hilarious me in any sort of like combat sport, which I'm just kind of dabbling in recently. Right. Uh, I, I do something new. And then at the end of it, I'm like, Oh, I just get excited or, or like I'll yeah. choke somebody and then I'll be like, Oh, you okay. And then after a few rounds, I'm like, you stop apologizing for that. But I <laughs> like the wrestling video you had, she had her legs on your neck and then you put yeah. her in a headlock. I'm like, are we okay? And you was just smiling. I'm having fun. Uh, one of those girls said, if you're not, like, if you haven't choked, you, like, you're not really friends till you've choked each other. And honestly, <laughs> I think now that I've gotten into it, I'm like, I think you might be right. Claire, don't go around choking your friends. 
you say that. <laughs> you haven't been choked by me yet. I'm pretty good at it. Don't go around. You, okay. Can you let me know before you choke me that you're about to choke me? For sure. Okay. Yeah. Give me a fighting chance. I will not be sneak attacking you. Okay. I will be consensual. Okay. <laughs> consensual it's choke. Got, for me, at this stage of my journey, it's got to be consensual. Okay. I'm like, Ashley, I'm about to choke you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me move like, my hair. good with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> move my weave. Not and I'm go telling for you, it. you'll get it and they'll be like, Okay, that, that okay. wasn't so bad. That was, yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, but y'all heard it here first. Claire <laughs> is having fun choking folks. So uh, you can are. mess with her if you want to. Be mm-hmm. my guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is all stemming from a place of I just like, man, I think that the world's crazy and I'd like to, you know, be prepared. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So uh, second gratitude is going to be I'm grateful for your time. I'm over here poking my eye. Okay, anyway. These unicorns. Um, yeah, they're in the way. So I am grateful for your time. I am grateful for you taking the time to meet me and go on a walk with me and sit in my car. This is a, we are sitting in my car podcasting and it's so not glam, sexy, whatever. And it's perfect. It's exactly what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that as our journeys continue to blossom and like, it's just going to be like, this is a moment that we will never forget. Right. And it didn't have to be anything other than us, like big chilling in the car. Yeah. Now, this is the only way I kind of want to podcast with you yeah. because <laughs> on it. No, honestly, Claire, because like this is kind of our thing now. Okay. We we went on a walk mm-hmm. and the walk was nice. We was looking at we were looking at the Christmas decorations, mm-hmm. which was nice. And it was like, you know, I'm visualizing. Can I live here? Would I live here? You know, what do you think they do? Talking about life and mm-hmm. love and whatever else Mm -hmm. and then we're podcasting in the car like you can't pay for these types of experiences no you you really can't no you cannot and And i i like this impromptu type stuff yep yeah you can't pay for these experiences like i literally know i've never had some like experience at like a nightclub or what you know what i mean like that Mm -hmm. like i got to look back on and be like dang that was spectacular and i've had a lot of those experiences so (laughs) anyway um okay third thing i'm grateful for uh is gonna be i'm doing that high rocks race tomorrow so i'll be grateful for that awesome it's so fun i'm excited to just like there's a big community behind it today and the people are so wonderful and so as much as i'm maybe a little bit like oh i gotta flog my body through all this stuff i'm also so grateful to have a body that is capable of doing all of that stuff yeah and the people that are involved are phenomenal have y'all seen claire's body and what it can do (laughs) Man, talk about power, okay? <laughs> Have we seen fire I, and power? Okay, Miss Olympic athlete, uh, power. I'm not kidding. I really do want to come watch you run because I haven't seen it. I'll probably be at Texas Relays. Is that in Austin? Yeah. Okay, I'll come. You can. I'll, I'll get you a pass. I will. I'll get you an athlete's pass. She a runner. She a track star. Yeah. You can, um, you know, Texas has the alumni fish fry alumni tent you'll get one of those if you show up and oh you stuff Claire. Listen, listen, i can go incognito I, I wear i own a lot of black items so i can just wear i'll just mourn the days of me not it's i i understand my reality i live in austin okay yep if just if you show up and oh you i'm pretend like i don't know that girl that's fair honestly that's fair you should do that her. yeah i don't know how she got in this tent yeah <laughs> who invited her who invited she her? literally infiltrated. she don't even go she here wasn't invited <laughs> she don't even go here <laughs> invader um all right so where can the audience if they enjoyed this so very much where can they find you connect with you support you where i am all over social media at the track queen 
Um, I am on every social media platform imaginable, but I prefer Instagram and sometimes TikTok. TikTok has been where I do most of my get ready with me's. Um, follow my Olympic journey, um, mm-hmm. the road to Paris 2024. And I look forward to meeting all of you, some of you, none of you. And I love you all. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's so if they ever see you in real life, you, do you enjoy people approaching yes, you? Yes. Please come say hi. Yeah. Come tell me who you are. Yep. Show some love. Yep. T- tell me your story. Mm-hmm. I love to get to know the people who I represent. With USA across my chest. I want to know who yeah. you are. Heck yeah. Okay, I love that. Okay, so that'll be in the description for anybody that uh, would like to go follow. And even if you would, no, you do. So I don't even have to convince you. <laughs> she's a comedy show and she's fashion inspo. So you're welcome. Uh, okay, so if you are still here, I want to say that I am grateful for your time because it is incredibly valuable. And the fact that you chose to spend it with us is pretty dope. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. So uh, if you enjoyed the show, follow, rate, review, you know the drill. Share it with someone that you think it will positively impact. If there was something in this that was a positive impact for you, if if the stuff that got a little heavy that we talked about is stuff that you feel like you want to share that message, I want you like Please. that's what we're here that's that's what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. As much as we have a lot of fun together and we do. We do. Um these things are quite relevant to today, which like I said is baffling to me, but they're there. Mm-hmm. And so they deserve being discussed. Yep. And doing the best that we can and trying to make this a productive conversation. Yep. All we have is each other. Yep. I'm down with that. I like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll dabble. So, okay. We hope that you choose to have a beautiful day. Have a great day, guys. <laughs>